Will it be the joy of six for Matthew van der Poel on Sunday? Strada Bianchi promises to be even dirtier this year. Is conflict of interest just a red herring for Red Bull? And why can't Britain just have nice things? It's the 3rd of February, I'm Gary, and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by VivaVelo.cc. Hi everybody, welcome to another Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast. Um, I am, I'm feeling a bit better than I, than I did compared to last Saturday. Um, I was listening back to last Saturday's show and um, yeah, I, I sounded somewhat deflated and a little bit ill, so apologies for that. Um, much better, thank you very much for asking, that's awfully good of you. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a bit of a week. Um, in cycling, it's, it's going to be a bit of a weekend. We've got the Cyclocross World Championships happening um, as I speak. Um, but first, why can't Brexit Island just just have things, you know, simply without drama? Um, I refer, of course, to the the disappearance this week of both the Women's Tour and the Tour of Britain from the UCI race calendar, which caused no end of consternation. Now, as you'll know, the future of both races has been under a bit of a cloud following the liquidation of uh, Sweet Spot, the the organising company who previously held the licence for the the Tour of Britain, which British Cycling withdrew last year uh, on the the grounds of... um, yeah, them owing them a ton of cash. Um, they retained the 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 rights to the the women's tour, which was due to be held in June. Um, and obviously in the last last few weeks, um, announcement was that the company has uh, gone into liquidation, which obviously um puts the race under a, an even bigger cloud. Um, and its disappearance from the calendar, um, apparently briefly this week, um, obviously just kind of set here racing me included um sweet spot on owed british cycling something like seven hundred thousand pounds and um, which is a, a ton of cash um for an organization like bc which you know is a not-for-profit um but you know british cycling remained bullish about um running the the men's race this year um and at the time of that announcement that uh, obviously the, the women's tour was still going to go ahead um We've subsequently heard from British Cycling. Um, I would have recorded this on Friday afternoon um, when, when I was about to go, ah, it's the end of the world and it's terrible and Britain's just rubbish, uh, Brexit, etc, etc. Um, but British Cycling um, have subsequently on, on Friday afternoon announced that they are um, committed to making sure um, both races ha- happen. Um, it will be a women's tour of Britain. Um, I'm guessing that's because Sweet Spot owned the, the rights to the name Women's Tour. Um, but British Cycling have announced that they will run um, the, the men's tour of Britain in September as advertised um, and the women's tour, which is going to be a bit more challenging, um, still to be at its slot in June um, but the race could have, and I quote, duration compromises um, according to um, the chief executive of British Cycling, uh, John Dutton. That means you're probably looking at a shorter race um, which... Ah, it's it's always the women's races that suffer, isn't it? We, we, we you know, the E three, 
um, Saxo Bank Classic or whatever, run out of money or has has been had issues attracting sponsors, and therefore the women's race gets canned. Um, it's possibly slightly different because of the fact that uh, um, the women's tour was, was going to be a five, five it was going to be a six day stage race, wasn't it? Um, and it's happening in June, and getting the ducks in the line for that are, are going to be challenging. Um, it's it's indicative of kind of the, the state of the state of Britain at the moment. Um, and I don't want to go political um, on this, but it the race with it if it happens, you you do wonder. Um, it happens on the back of the the Red London Classic, so this is a good thing. Teams are going to be in the UK at the end of May. Um, hang around for an extra week, and then they would have had the. The, uh, the women's tour that looks like it will still happen in some way shape or form but if the race falls apart I think there's a knock-on effect potentially for the Ride London Classic you know, th- three, a three-day race are you really going to do all that for three days in in the UK um, Mick Bennett who's the organiser of uh, or one of the organisers of, of the Tour of Britain race director in fact he spoke after last year's Tour of Britain um, when he was they were criticised about the lack of participation, um, as well as getting stick for the course. Uh, I think only ninety six riders or something were in the race, and yeah, if you recall, the, the race was dominated by Jumbo Visma. Um, Olaf Coy winning, I think, won four of six, didn't he? Um, and the race overall was won by Wout van Aert. So as a spectacle, it wasn't great. Um, Bennett he actually cited Brexit as being one of the uh, the reasons that the race was um, wasn't as big, wasn't as successful as it might have been. Um, and he pointed out that the World Championships in Glasgow back in August, um, there was teams saying they were sp- taking them five hours to get through you know, checks at customs at Dover, um, and that's a you know it's a big chunk of time, a whole load of hassle um, for. You know, if the, if the women's tour doesn't happen, then it's a whole lot of hassle for for the Ride London Classic. So it's difficult to be particularly positive at the moment. Now it's not just Brexit; um, it's it's a cultural thing in the UK. Um, you know, we we are a, a car centered culture, um, but you know the the economic situation in the UK, like a lot of countries, it's not just a British thing. And I'm not just blaming the you know, the Westminster government or anything like that. Um, there's, you know, there, there is little um, incentive for people to put on bike races. There's a um, a culture, as I say, where the car is king. And if you shut off a road for anything, then there's you know, pandemonium. You only need to look at the debate we have about low-traffic neighbourhoods um, in, in towns and cities across the UK, whereby diverting traffic away from where people actually live, work and play um, and try to make their lives a bit better. Somehow, the the uh, the right of the motorist is being Im- Im- impinged upon, um, and therefore, you know, your 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 right to you know, health, clean air and healthy living and a nice quiet space around your house um, impinges upon a motorist's right to drive wherever they like. Now, and I'm saying that as a, a guy who owns you know, who partially owns two cars, right? So, an element of hypocrisy here. Um, but we're just not geared up for. For cycling, it's it's not the culture, um, of of the nation. Um, you bear in mind that you know the Tour de France towns and cities bid to host stages, it starts and finishes, um, and in the UK, local and, and regional governments are not exactly awash with cash, um, after you know another year of so-called austerity, um, amid 
rising costs everywhere. And that, you know, I don't know where you're listening, if you're in the UK, if you're abroad, if you're in the States, in Europe, you know, your lives aren't getting, you, 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 things aren't getting cheaper, um, but they're, they're getting more expensive quicker here, it seems. Um, and the governing body, British Cycling, I mean, we, I, mean I probably criticise BC as much as um, anybody else does. Um, and I don't necessarily, I don't think they're particularly to blame for this at the moment. Um, as I said, they're not exactly awash with cash. They face the same um, cost issues. Um, although, you know, if only they had a partnership with a, you know, say a, maybe an oil company that boosted profits of the thick end of $30 billion recently, mm, that might help. Sorry, I, 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 I digress. Um, but there's a... You know, the, the investment that the sponsorship with Shell has is all about net zero projects and it's very much ring-fenced. It's not just a big chunk of cash to go away and make cycling better. Um, so it's it's just a complete mess. Um, I really, really hope both races go ahead. The women's race more so, and it's, I'm not trying to be hip and right on and um, here's a guy fighting for women's right. It's, that's not what it's about. But the women's world tour as a, as a series is growing. It's... I kind of feel this is a year of consolidation. We've got the third year of the Tour de France fam. Um, we're looking ahead to whether the pro, the the race program is appropriate and how it needs to, um, you know, how it needs to settle down before it grows again. That's what I'm thinking. What I'm trying to say, but removing you know, losing a race um, in a series that is still um, on the up and 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 building momentum, I think would be um, would be fairly disastrous, a six-day stage race in the month before the, the Tour de France fam avec Zwift. Um, it's, you know, it hinders rider preparation, it puts uncertainty all over the place. So I really hope uh, the the Women's Tour of Britain um, goes ahead in some way, shape or form, whether it's three stages, four stages, it's unlikely to be six stages. Uh, I think that's the message we're getting from British Cycling. But... You know, I'm glad. I'm glad that that BC have stepped in, and for that, um, I was going to say they have to be applauded. I think that's their job, um, and you could argue the toss about what British Cycling does, um, and that's that's one for another day. Um, oh, they've got a chief executive who gets paid a lot of money, and so on. What about that? Um, if you want professional organisations, then you need to pay professionals. That that's what it comes down to. I think when we talk about not for profits, we think about charities. Um, and ooh, you, you can't pay people a lot of money. But if you don't give people the going rate for a job that has the importance and has the same responsibilities as a CEO of any major company, then you're not going to get good people. It's that's just the way it is. Um, so we kind of have to get over that. Um, but in terms of race organisation, um, BC have stepped in. For that, I'm, I'm pleased. Um, and you know, I think we should at least be positive. Um, which I wasn't particularly about half past three yesterday afternoon. Um, of course, it kind of adds insult to injury um, this week, and a, a week of ironies um, as British Cycling are looking to improve national calendars um, and and help make it easier for people to run bike events in the UK. Um, but uh, earlier this uh, in the week, I think that was uh, Friday morning, wasn't it? The Tour of the Reservoir. Um, it, it was announced that that, that uh, uh, National A race, um, popular race in the calendar, which had been due to return to the, the apparently bolstered National Road Series in July, that won't be happening. Um, and, you know, it's a race that ran for, 
from 1998 as a single day race, becoming a two-day stage race up until 2019. Um, growing to become national level, um, and you know, top tens over over the history of the Tour of the Reservoir read like a kind of who's who of the the British domestic and the and the, the pro conti scene of the early part of the twenty first century. You got you know the Russell and Dean Downing, Evan Oliphant, Christian House, um, Andy Tennant, Jan Tobarka, Ian Wilkinson, guys like that. Um, Women's race was introduced in twenty fourteen. I'm finding myself sitting here waving my arms around. I obviously care about this. Um, Joe Russell, Danny Rowe, Pfeiffer, Georgie, Claire Steele's Katie Archibald. People who have all you know, featured significantly in the race over the year, and um, so that's a real, a real sore one for the domestic calendar, which was you know, extending this year. There was more races, more opportunity, um, and you know, as ever, you're, you're going to see. Yeah, it's good. It'll be back. It'll be bigger. It'll be better in 2025. I hope so. Um, and this comes in a, a week where British Cycling's Elite Road Racing Task Force published a report after its four-month study to, and I quote, reinvigorate the, the domestic road scene. Um, so the timing of the, the announcement of the Tour of the Reservoir couldn't have been any worse. Um, Ed Clancy uh, chaired the group, um, and actually he gives a really good interview on the British Continental podcast earlier this week about the recommendations um, in the report. I'll put a link to that uh, that podcast um, in, in the, the show notes. Yes, it's okay to listen to other podcasts. Um, but he really just sets it Basically, you know, it boils down to professionalising how, organi- how races are organised and supported. They're recommending things like centralised procurement of, you know, of common infrastructure, you know, things like barriers, um, neutral service, all the things that every re- race needs, particularly at a high level. Um, why are you know, you know the National Road Series, if there are eight events, and you can bet it, these things are being done eight different ways, um, there's an economy of scale to be had. Um, in centralising procurement of these main functions. Um, other things like communications, reviewing their digital strategy, marketing. Um, how do they attract headline sponsors? Because a lot of it is barred because it's the main sponsors of British Cycling um, whose names go on the um, you know, the hoardings and the signs and so on. So how, you know, they need to look at investing in individual races and getting headline sponsors beyond those who are already there. Um... And one recommendation, I was, when I, I wrote my notes, I said it was ironically, or thankfully, um, is the recommendation is to ensure that the, both a men and a women's tour of Britain happen in 2024. So hopefully, hopefully steps are going on in the right direction uh, to make sure that happens. But it's... Pause for effect. Um As the words escape me, um, it just seems that there's a, a lot of good stuff happening um, and it is being hindered by, in some ways, a lot of things out with the control um, of the sport of cycling and of the governing body. Um, but I'm glad that there are, you know, there are people in place to make it happen, and and we, and we should be thankful for that. Um, and I've, I've, as I said, I, I, I criticise BC like a lot of people do, and just like we do the UCI. It's kind of because they're there, um, and it's sometimes it's not their fault. And I sometimes wonder what value that the is it £47 I pay for my ride membership to BC? Um, and I swithered over renewing at the tail end of last year. And actually, I did because I just kind of thought it's the right thing to do. Um, it's a major part of their income. They've seen a drop in something like a million and a half pounds of membership income. Um, but it goes back into cycling. Um, so, you know, decisions are made by those who show up. So, um, do you like British cycling? I don't know if you do or not. Should you support them? Well, if you can, 
I would say yes. Speaking of negatives in British cycling, I'm just going to touch very briefly on what appears to be the curse um, of Oscar Only, who uh, had obviously won a, his, his, his first World Tour stage. No, it wasn't his first. He won um, his first race of the year at the Tour of Tour Down Under um, back in January um, and was taking part in the uh, the what I call the Etap Cadelonia, the Cadel Evans uh, Ocean, what is it? Ocean stage race or whatever it is um, and broke his wrist during that, um, so get well soon, Oscar. However, he does have previous in this department. Um, he was part of uh, the uh, DSM's um, Stage One and Team Time Trial um, victory at the Vuelta last year, um, which was great, um, and promptly crashed on Stage Two and was out with a broken wrist. Yeah, Egypt as my granny would say. Get well soon, Oscar. Look forward to seeing you back on the bike. Um, as, as soon as it is humanly possible. So it's not all been bad news from a cycling economics perspective of late. Obviously, the um, we we spoke about the uh, the uh, the bid from Red Bull to take a fifty one percent stake in Bora Hansgrohe, uh, which was being ratified by the the kind of Austrian Competitions and Markets Authority, or whatever they, they would call over there. Um, and that has been approved. So now Red Bull, um, the sports drink um, monolith, um, who paint vintage aircraft in terrible colour schemes, which but we'll deal with that another day. Um, don't paint vintage you know, hawker hunters and silver things and put Red Bulls on them. That's, that's not how they looked. Anyway, that's another part of my life that I don't need to bother you with. But they are, they're here. Um, but we also got an announcement that uh, Zoe Backstead um, of Canyon SRAM Racing has, has been added to the, the roster of Red Bull supported riders. Um, a, you know, a list that includes the likes of Tom Pidcock, Vout Van Aert, Blanca Vass, um, Justin Williams of L39 Ion, and Bora Hansgrohe's Anton Paltzer. Um, yeah, investing in individual support riders, um, I think. Tom Pidcock is supported only in his mountain biking and cross stuff. I don't, you don't see him wearing the Red Bull helmet um, on the road. Um, I may be wrong there. I think Vouts, uh, he's sponsored everywhere. Blanca Vass is um, in cyclocross. So yeah, um, here's a, a company that is investing in individual riders. Um, but is there a potential conflict of interest uh, looming here? Um, if as we expect, Red Bull become, um, you know, a, a named partner in the Bora Hansgrohe jerseys. Um, will there be, you know, tensions in the peloton if, uh, um, you know, Wout's going out the back and Tom Pidcock's there? Should he be pacing him back in? Could we see individual riders working for um, Bora Hansgrohe riders? Is it inevitable that Tom Pidcock and Wout Van Aert will end up at, at Bora Hansgrohe um, to join Primoz Roglic? Who knows? Um, there was a, an article um, in, in fact, there were a couple of articles in Sporza, um over the, or on Sporza rather, uh, over the week, uh, thanks to um, listener Peter Dubois-Rie, uh, Dubois-Rie, sorry for uh, bringing those to, to my attention. And there was a, an argument that it was, you know, is it the end of the world, basically? And I think the consensus in Belgium that it, it probably isn't. Um, and it's by no means a given that uh, any of these riders who are contracted to their teams um, will end up um, wearing um, whatever colour um, Red Bull bring to the to the Bora jerseys, uh, which are still looking quite nice this season. Um, will they just form a, 
a, a cabal of Red Bull supported riders. A cabal, that's, that's an unfortunate word. Um, but will they all end up riding for the same team, basically? Um, and is it a bad thing? Um, I don't think it is. I don't think it's a given. Um, certainly, uh, the, the uh, more learned minds than I in Belgium didn't seem to think so. Um, but, you know, I don't think we will see uh, pressure being put on Tom Pidcock to, to ride for... Um, Bora to slow down the peloton when one of their guys is up the road um, on a mountain stage, as, as we often see. Um, there could potentially be um, some conflict of interest issues as far as UCI rules go. Um, you know, the fifty-one percent stake in in, in the team um, could the UCI force um, them to. Yeah, decide whether they want to put their put their money behind a team like in Borahandra or do they want to continue supporting individual riders um, and the, the UCI code of ethics makes references to um, you, know, you know situations that could influence race outcomes or put pressure on riders and all that kind of stuff so um, we may not have heard the last of this and it, and it would be a shit I don't think um, I don't think Red Bull are necessarily in it to um control the world like some sort of evil geniuses. Um, I think there's a genuine desire to... Actually, there's a genuine desire to get their brand seen. It's not, as if, it's not as if nobody's heard the Red Bull. So I don't know what the advertising benefit is. Um, but if you know, they want to help sport invest in sport, then they're absolutely welcome. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's as, I, as I say, which is my, my lazy get-out clause when I really haven't thought that my argument to a conclusion... It's going to be interesting. And the first bit of dirt for this this weekend. Um, announced this week there's going to be even more gravel at Strada Bianchi. Uh, the women's race this year is going to include um, a total of 12 sectors. There were only 8 last year. Um, totaling uh, 40 kilometres of um, Strada Bianchi itself. Um, which is more than a quarter of the uh, 137 kilometre route uh the men's section up from 12 up from 12 to 15 um pop pickers uh, 15 sectors totaling 71 kilometers uh, which is almost a third of this year's race um, and they've done this by addition the addition of a circuit um b- before the run into siena um itself so even more gravel uh how long will it be uh before it just becomes a gravel race um I don't know, but it's, you know, I, I love Strada Bianchi, and, you know, those of you who have been listening for a while know I'm a bit sceptical about dumping you know, tons of gravel at the end of a um, a Pyrenean stage or something like that and, and calling the climb super as a result. Um, so I'm a bit iffy about it in, you know, in stage races still. I think in a one-day race, um, it just, it's, I think it's crack. It's Strada Bianchi. It's just a wonderful race. And I have to say, it's a, it's a, uh, a sportive that got out of hand. Um, and but and did it just. Um, and I, I think, you know, it, it's a race that is unpredictable from the word go. You don't know what can, what your bike setup's going to be, what tire setups are going to be. How do you, how do you prefer for two hundred kilometers that, um, and a third of which is is on dirt roads. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm not a professional cyclist. Um. But, you know, I th- I'm going to start calling it the Strada Manke, um as a result. But there we go, more dirt. Um, and at the moment, I'm happy about that. 
So you're listening to the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivlavello.cc and um, we're part of the Cycling Legends family. Um, as you know, uh, my partner in podcasting crime is esteemed author, journalist and all-round good egg Chris Sidwells, um, whose series of books, Cycling Legends, um, is it's just great. Um, Cycling Legends 1, Tom Simpson, um, and his current book, Cycling Legends 2, uh, T.I. Rally, Cycling's first super team uh, books are available from all good outlets. Um, now, Chris has been doing a bit of a book tour over the last few months, um, uh, promoting and talking about the TI Rally book, which I would urge, go to cyclinglegends.co.uk um, and get yourself a copy if you haven't already, because it really is just a great insight to a team which, you know, it's it's the, it's essentially the, the seeds of uh, Visma Lisa bike, um, as, as, as it is these days. Um, Chris, um, his tour continued last week at Alf Jones Cycle in Wrexham um, on Tuesday night and uh, a huge success um, and you know, over 70 people there um, to hear Chris talk about the book but also chat to former TI Rally rider Dave Lloyd um, who Chris has captured the audio and we're going to put that out as a, um, a special on the, uh, the interview show um, in the coming weeks. However, the next um, event is going to be in Otley in West Yorkshire, Lizzie Armistead Lizzie Dyden country um, he's going to be at Chevin Cycles in Otley on the 20th of March, so if you're in West Yorkshire um, somewhere near Leeds around the 20th of March um, look him up, definitely worth getting along to um, Chris is just in his element I mean, you hear Chris on the on the podcast all the time and just standing there talking to people about, about cycling, about history and about his books um, it's just in his element, and it's, it's it's great to see, and you you'll hear that um, in the interview with Dave Lloyd as well when it comes out. Um, but we'll keep you posted with the the exact timings and the where, what, and when. Um, but twentieth of March, Chevin Cycles, Otley West Yorkshire. You can catch up with Chris in the flesh, as it were. Now wrapping up this week and obviously it's the Cyclocross World Championships being held at Tabor in Chechia. It's Chechia we call it now isn't it? Not out of the Czech Republic as was. Um, but going back to last week, uh, the final round of the UCI World Cup at Hogeheide. Um, you pronounced it differently than from you did last week Gary. Are you still taking Dutch lessons? <laughs> Maybe. Shouldn't you take English lessons first? Shut up. Um, anyway, fifth place was good enough uh, for Elisabeth to clinch the overall World Cup as who else? Matthew van der Poel took his fifth win in six World Cup outings um, at Hoogheide. Um It was relatively tight for once. Um, second place, Jorin Neuenhaus um, and Der de Platze, Pim Ronhaar um, and plus chasers Thibaut Nice and Isabeth were all within 10 seconds of the world champion or the outgoing world champion as he has as we speak um, Blanca Vass got within spitting distance of Femme Van Empel in the women's race but it was 17 races from 19 for Van Empel um, with Lucinda Brand uh, the best of the rest in third place um, obviously uh, Celine Carmen uh, Celindo Carmen Alvarado um, had clinched the, uh, the overall um, a couple of weeks beforehand and so to Tabor, is it really just Femme Van Empel and Matthew Van Der Poel who we're going to talk about this weekend? Um, Jeremy Powers, cyclocross legend, um, reckons in, uh, on cyclingnews.com that it's a Watts course. Um, so the forecast is meant to be dry, although um, the surface, I saw uh, Lucinda Brand's uh, practice laps yesterday on Friday. 
um, and it looked a bit uh, gloopy in bits. Um, but forecast dry Saturday and Sunday. Um, I suspect the answer is just yes. So you've been listening to the cycling. No. <laughs> um, no, is it going to be yes? Is it going to just be about Van Impel and Van Der Poel? I don't know. Um, Michael Van Turnout uh, ran uh, Matty Van Der Poel pretty close at uh, the X2O trophy race last weekend. Um, you'd have to fancy Pim Ronhard, certainly for um, the podium too. Um, but I think a, a sixth rainbow jersey um, looks incredibly likely for MVDP, uh, barring some unlikely or unfortunate events um, or both. Uh, Britain's Cameron Mason, um, speaking to Cycling News, um, he said he's targeting a medal. Um, I think it's going to be a big ask. Um, although, although if he's lapping the mix, really, event on Friday was anything to go by, um, which I think, if my calculations were correct, uh, was actually the fastest of all sixty riders um, who took part in an event that was won by France, um, with Britain taking the, the silver medal. Um, then Cam's in good shape, um, so. Never say never. I, I've kind of felt during the, um, the, uh, the the races in Belgium this season that he's kind of dro- um, dropped off a bit mid-race and then battled back. Um, so they're kind of almost tiring as the race went on. But a one-off event, who knows? I'd love to see him get a medal. I'd love to see him on the podium. Um, but I, th- I think you're going to have to be Dutch to get anywhere near that um, this this weekend. Similarly, um, the women's race, I think it's... it's I think I think most people would say it's going to be a battle between Puck Peterson and the outgoing champion Fen Van Enpel. Um, as I said, it's 17 from 19 starts um, this season um, for Van Enpel, um, a rider who hasn't been off a podium since she was fourth um, at Hogeheide, um in January 2022. Um, so I think it's going to be nip and tuck. I think Fen Van Enpel is going to be a world champion for a second year the bounce. Um, Lucinda Brand um, has probably been the closest to the two of them all season. Um, you're looking at a Dutch podium. I, d- I don't think that's just lazy punditry. Um, I think that's how it's going to be. We've got no Blanca Vass. Um, she's out um, due to illness. Um, Zoe Backstead, um, British rider, she's riding an under-23 race um, on Sunday. Um, she'll be looking to go better, uh, one better than last year. Um, and add to her junior title from 2022. She was second last year to Sharon Van Anroy, the outgoing under-23 champion. Um, she won't be there this weekend because she's going to focus on a classics programme um, with Lidl Trek. So, Women's Elite today, Saturday. A um, couple of hours' time um, from when I am speaking to you. Um, men's race, women's under-23 on Sunday as well. Now, obviously, as well as being the... Uh, the, the World Championships and the pinnacle of the uh, the cyclocross season. Um, it's farewell to um, to Stenix Dibar, um, the three times World Champion, World Cup and Super Prestige overall winner, um, who's just an absolute legend um, in the cyclocross and has a bit of pedigree on the road as well. Um, you may recall... Um, 2015 Tour de France, um, stage six into Le Havre, um, where he beat um, Peter Sagan and the rest of on the uphill drag to the the finish. This was one of those races where um, Sagan would win the green jersey again without actually winning a stage, um, and at that point hadn't won since 2013 and wouldn't again until 2016. Um, sorry, this is about Stenix Dibar, isn't it? Um, he won Strada Bianchi in 2015. He's twice runner up. Um, Paris-Roubaix to John Degenkolb in 2015 and Greg Van Avermaet 
in 2017. Um, he, 2019 was a good year for him. He won um, Hit Newsblad and the E3 Bink Bank Classic, as it had become by that point. Um, so yeah, he's spent last year riding with Jaco Alulo on the road, but this is it's going to be strange. Um, no Stenic Stebar and Cyclocross. So we wish you well, sir. Um, happy trails. Um, and I think um, from reading some of the stuff he's been saying, he's been taking kind of UCI director type courses. Um, so I don't think the sport will be, or he will be lost to the sport forever. But um, end of an era, um, as he steps down after just so many years of um, bringing joy and his, his battles in cyclocross over the years. You've been listening to the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. And I, I really can't believe I've been rambling at you for the last 32 minutes or so. Um, so and you probably can't either. Um, this this isn't just me sh- screaming into the ether. Um, I hope it, let's, have, let's get a bit of a conversation going. Uh, you can contact us, cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, tell us talk to us about anything we will we will discuss all things cycling related um on the show um thanks to paul deacon um who emailed us this week um, picking up on some of the stuff we were talking about fashion wise on the last feed zone so uh, we we will we will address address your comments on the feed zone this tuesday night paul um but thanks for, for getting in touch thanks also to peter de boiserie and um, we mentioned earlier who uh, gets in touch from time to time um by email and also on the on the twitter currently known as X, you can co- speak to us at Cycling Legends 1 or you can drop me a line at the Gary Fairley, uh, where you'll also find me on threads and on Instagram. So, Cyclocross this weekend, um, we've got the, the Feed Zone coming up on Tuesday night on the subscriber feed, which should be um, a good laugh. If, you, if you're not uh, a subscriber, check us out. Um, go over to cyclinglegendspodcast.com where you can find out how to, to uh, access all our premium content, interviews, history shows, features, you name it, um, all for £3.50 a month. But for now, I shall leave you in peace to get on with your weekend. I hope you enjoy the racing. I hope you have a, enjoy the ride if you're out on your bike. I hope the weather allows it. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's good to have your company at, uh, on a Saturday. Um, I'll speak to you on Tuesday night if you're on the subscriber feed on the Feed Zone. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll speak to you again next Saturday on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast, powered by VivaVelo.cc. 